On July 4, 1776, the Second Continental Congress unanimously adopted the Declaration of Independence, announcing the colony's separation from Great Britain. Tomorrow we celebrate this great day, which, in my opinion, is one of the most recognizable prophecies in the Bible that most people do not understand. Well, we're going to discuss it on this edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of The End Time Show. And like I said, there are a lot of people, even even many teachers on television, people have written books about uh, what Daniel's prophecies are, Daniel 2, Daniel chapter 7. And there are many different interpretations of that. But again, those of you, especially everybody living here in the United States of America, it's one of the most recognized prophecies in the Bible, recognizable. And yet many people, most people, do not understand this prophecy. So, with July 4th being tomorrow and its significance in Bible prophecy, I wanted to cover that prophecy today, the United States and other modern nations in the Bible. Before we get to that, I want to let you know that we're going on our Israel tour coming up here October 4th through the 15th, and we've got uh, several spots to fill yet. If you'd like to go with us, call in, talk to my wife Jana, and, or to Brittany Motes. That's 1-800-363-8463, and um, they are, it's, it's a, a fabulous trip. I mean, I've been... I've been somewhere between 15 and 20 times. I honestly can't remember now. My wife's been almost 30 times. My father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, went well over 40 times. And, of course, it's, it's a great time. You'll get to go to the college with us. There's a lot of different things. We go hit all the major sites, the wonderful spiritual experiences. I mean, it's just an awesome trip. It's really the trip of a lifetime. I'm very, very fortunate to have been many, many, many times and. Um, you'll get to meet a lot of our acquaintances over there. A lot of different things happen on the tour. So uh, it's not just a sightseeing trip. It is that, but it's actually much more than that. So uh, if you're going to go to Israel, go with somebody that's been there many, many, many times because they will have cut all of the, um, all of the fat, so to speak, out of the trip. And we just go to the very most, most significant sites and we'll cram as much in as possible. What a great trip it is. So looking forward to going with you in Israel on um, October 4th through the 15th. Call 1-800-363-8463 to schedule your trip right now. Okay, United States, other modern nations in the Bible. Tomorrow is July 4th. And I wanted to bring this up because, yes, we are living through perilous times and a lot of different things are happening, but I want you to know, why do we talk about this so much? How do we know we can understand the Bible? Is that even possible? Uh, I should say Bible prophecy. Uh, because it's very significant in many ways. The Lord told us, I, I tell you these things before they come to pass, that when they come to pass you might believe. But if many of these, the birthdays of these prophecies come to pass and we don't talk about it, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind, right? 
So with tomorrow, July 4th, and I, I read, I, I, I watch so many DVDs and read so many books and articles and different things that people send me from all over the place. I have stacks of books and DVDs and things to watch and read and everything. Um, but as I go through many of them, I realize that most people do not understand that the United States is in fact in the Bible. And we teach it as fact. I'm not speculating. This is not my opinion. It's in the Bible, and you're going to understand that before we get done today. So we're going to discuss what we believe to be one of the most exciting prophecies in the entire Bible. And we're going to discover where the United States of America was prophesied by God over 2,500 years ago when Daniel was down in Babylonian captivity and what it means for us today. And many would say, well, Dave, I mean, come on, nobody can understand Bible prophecy. Oh, yes, you can. Absolutely we can. It's about 30% of the entire Bible. We've got to be able to understand it. So the prophet Daniel said concerning the time in which we're living in right now, this would be Daniel um, 1133. He said, they that, uh, 1132 and 33 says, They that do know their God, this is during the time of the Antichrist, they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits, and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. Now, because many things have been taught concerning prophecy that did not come to pass, that kind of throws a monkey wrench into everything, doesn't it? I mean, some have really lost all faith in prophecy preaching because there's so many interpretations and different things out there. Um, and many, many good men have taught things about prophecy that were proven to be incorrect. It merely was, you know, it wasn't because they weren't necessarily spiritual or men that were led by God. They were doing the best they could, but it simply wasn't yet time for those prophecies to be understood. Many things concerning prophecy that has never been understood before, we're understanding them now because it's time. Remember, God has reserved the understanding concerning end-time prophecy for the people of the time of the end. But even during the end time, most people are not going to understand. Uh, Daniel chapter 12, verse 10, the Bible says, Of the time that we're living in right now, that none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And, it, you know, it would be a, a tragic mistake to discount the prophecies that God has given for this hour. Revelation 19.10 emphatically declares that the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Jesus Christ knew that we could use prophecy to build people's faith in the Word of God that has the words to eternal life. So we've got to study and understand these things. I have a yearning and a desire to understand all of God's Word, and God is helping me um, to do just that. Through the things He revealed to my father-in-law, things He's revealing to me, to Doug, to Vince, He's helping us to understand these things so we can help people build people's faith in the Word of God, go through timelines and graphs and charts and know where we're at, what's going to happen in the future, so that way we can help and instruct others. Now, well, now that we know um, Bible prophecy can be understood, I want us to go back and look at Daniel's prophecies concerning these beasts or nations that will be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. The United States 
and other modern nations. Because it lets us know, folks, we're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And this is the prophecy that highlights all the nations involved in God's plan for the end time. And it's recorded all the way back in Daniel chapter 7, verses 1 through 7. And we're going to talk about it because, think about it, 2,500 years ago, Daniel was all the way down in Babylonian captivity, but God was still um, giving him prophecies that would occur during our time. And before I'm done with this lesson today, you will understand, folks, the second coming of Jesus Christ, the Battle of Armageddon, is just around the corner. There's no doubt. It's easily understood because it's time. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Now available for pre-order at endtime.com slash ABC. Go to endtime.com slash ABC or call 800-END-TIME. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime. That's 800-363-8463. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Welcome back, everybody. Now, we're going to be going, for all of you that are taking notes, we're going all the way back to Daniel chapter 7. And I'm going to go through Daniel 7, verses 1 through 7. And then we're going to bounce around in Daniel 7 and some other uh, passages of Scripture. But we're going to start in Daniel chapter 7, verses 1 through 7. And for those of you that are watching online, please share. And uh, share this video and... Uh, Give us a heart. A like is good, but a heart is better. It really helps us get around these algorithms that they are using to censor us so heavily. Uh, Because there's a lot of people that don't agree that the United States is in the Bible. There's a lot of people that don't want you to hear what I'm talking about today. They want to invalidate the Bible. And so they don't want you getting to our program. And they don't want your friends and family in your sphere of influence. So make sure you're sharing these things uh, and, and comment we want you to comment on the different things that you're listening to 
um, online, comment, July 4th is in the Bible. Because I'm going to prove to you that, that in just a moment. Now, okay, 2,500 years ago, Daniel chapter 7. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream of visions uh, and visions of his head upon his bed. And then he wrote the dream. And so God's showing him this vision. And he's, he's sitting here writing it. And the Bible says, and he was told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision, and behold... There were four winds of the heaven that strove upon the great sea. Four great beasts. Now remember, there are four separate beasts that come up out of the sea. They were diverse one from another. The first was like a lion. And it had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked. It was lifted up from the earth and it made stand upon the feet as a man and a man's heart was given to it. And Daniel said... I behold, I, I saw another beast, a second one that was like unto a bear. And it was raised up on one side and had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. And thus I beheld, and lo, another beast that was like unto a leopard, uh, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. And the beast had also four heads. And dominion was given to this beast. After this, Daniel saw in his night vision, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the other beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns. Now, You've got to understand this prophecy, everybody, because if you don't understand this, there are many things that you will not be able to understand in the book of Revelation. There are people, I'll talk about it in a minute, but there are people that teach Daniel 7 is a mere image of Daniel 2, which is incorrect. I'm just going to be honest with you today. And when they get over and try to figure out the book of Revelation and many different things are happening, they're stuck. Because they can't tie Daniel 7 into Revelation and they're just, it's like uh, they're floundering a little bit. And so we want to make sure we set a good foundation. That's why this lesson is the first lesson in our Understanding the End Time DVD series. The brand new one that's coming out, you can pre-order it now. Go to uh, endtime.com or you can um, call 1-800-363-8463 to get get in on that. Uh, because they're getting ready to hit the shelves very quickly. So this is the first lesson. So what happens here? Well, these four separate beasts that Daniel saw in his vision are a lion with eagle's wings, a bear, a four-headed leopard, and a, uh, a beast at, to which Daniel couldn't even describe. He'd never seen anything like that. But whose dominant characteristics of this beast was that it had ten horns. Well, You've got to understand that much of Bible prophecy is written in symbols. You've got to understand what's written in symbols and what's not. You say, well, why in the world? Why symbols? Well, the truth of the matter is, is this is God's choice. God's sovereign. He can do whatever He wants. But people say, well, why did God put all of this in symbols? You know, why didn't He just say the United States? If we want us to know about the United States, Great Britain, all these other nations in the Bible, why didn't he just call them by name? Well, he could have done that because God sees the end from the beginning. 
He's, he's outside of time, outside of space. So he's, he's sitting here looking at all of this, and he sees, it's like watching a parade from the sky. And if you're flying by an airplane, you see a parade. You can see the beginning and the ending of the parade, can't you? That's the same way with God is with our lives. He's, he's outside of time and space, outside of the universe. So he can see the beginning and he can see the ending of all this stuff. And he went back and told the writers of the Bible, here's how it's all going to play out. So he could have given the names back in Daniel 7. God could have spelled it all out clearly, but he would not have fulfilled Daniel 12, 9. The Bible says, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. There was a specific time that God wanted these prophecies understood. How was God able to veil understanding from some while revealing it to others all throughout time? Well, he did that because he did that through symbols. And I think we need to take just a moment to talk about this so everyone understands it. Why does God veil understanding of the future? Why would he do that? You know, there's a scripture that says God will do nothing unless he first reveals it to his servants, the prophets. Uh, man, that's where's that at? Amos. That's Amos 3, 7. So he doesn't reveal it to everybody. He only reveals it to those who walk close to him. We understand prophecy is written and designed to be couched in symbolism. The best way I know to understand this is that Jesus always taught in parables. And while he was here on the earth. And his disciples were saying, oh my goodness, you're driving me nuts. Um, he, he, he always became so frustrated with him. Why are you, they'd ask him, why are you always teaching in these parables? Why don't you just lay the thing on the line, spell it out? You know all this stuff. Why not just tell it all when you're teaching? And, and speak plainly. But Jesus said, I speak to you in parables because it's given to you guys to understand, but it's not given to them. Now, many people can't understand that. But if you understand the Word of God, that's how it was done. It was not given to everybody. You say, but hold on a minute. That's the point of it all, right? Well, Almighty God couched the prophecies of the Bible in symbols so only those who really seek will find. Only those who really have a hunger will get it. Because some people want an excuse. I mean, you're going to see that it's, it's really not that difficult to understand what all these symbols stand for. And as a matter of fact, you're going to understand what all these beasts symbolize by the time I'm finished today. And, and this is a big key. Because whenever these symbols are used in Bible prophecy, almost without exception, later on in the chapter or somewhere else in the Bible, it will actually tell you plainly what each of these symbols stands for And that's the case in this incredible prophecy we're talking today. We're talking about today about the nations that will be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. So let's take a look at the the different um, questions that we need to be able to answer in order to explain the prophecy found here in Daniel chapter 7. So the first question we need to ask ourselves is, what do these beasts symbolize? They're written in symbolism. They're given to people to understand. The apost- None of the apostles could understand them. But they're given to the people at the time of the end. Remember Daniel chapter 12. Close up and seal this book. That's for the people of a certain time period. Okay? So, 
these symbols are interpreted for us. This is not a guessing game here. This is not my opinion. When we continue reading in Daniel 7, you'll find that when you get to Daniel 7, verse um, 17, it says, These great beasts, which are four, are four kings, which shall arise out of the earth. So, um, if you go down to verse 23, it provides a second clue. This is so critical. The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom or nation upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all the other kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth. So according to verse 17, the beasts symbolize kings. And a second clue, according to verse 23, the beasts symbolize kingdoms. So we know for certain the beasts represent nations. Nations are kingdoms. In modern day vernacular, it would be a nation along with their rulers. So that's what these beasts symbolize. Okay, The lion with eagle's wings, the bear, the four-headed leopard, and the ten-horned beast. They symbolize kingdoms or nations. So if this is a prophecy of nations, why do we care? I mean, it's, Daniel's writing it to just over 2,500 years ago. Why do we care about that today? Does it have any relevance to us right now? Well, to answer that, we need to answer another question. When will these nations exist? If they existed 2,500 years ago, then yeehaw, Daniel, they were back in your time, and I, you know, I'm, I'm glad they were there, but they don't really affect me today. However, if they affect me today, I want to know about it. If this is clues concerning the second coming of Jesus Christ, when all this stuff's going to wrap up and gives us a sense of urgency to prepare for that, then I want to know about it, don't you? So when will these nations exist? Well, Daniel 7, uh, verses 4 through 8, identifies the four beasts. Bob, um, the Bible says in Daniel um, 7, 9, it says, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, the Ancient of Days did sit, that's Jesus Christ, whose garment was white as snow, hair as the head like pure wool, who his, um, his throne was like the, uh, what's it say, the his throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as a burning fire. So, this is describing the transition from the kingdom of human government to the kingdom of God. The same prophecy is given in Revelation chapter 11 at the seventh trump. The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. So the Bible teaches when Jesus Christ returns to the earth, He will remove all human governments, and He will establish a kingdom which will never pass away, never be destroyed. It's mentioned about many times in the Bible. Daniel 2.44 is another mention of it. So here, Daniel sees these beasts, or nations, remember, with their thrones cast down. There's a certain time that that's going to happen. And at that time, Jesus Christ will be crowned King of kings and Lord of lords. So it can't be the Babylonian Empire, because that was defeated thousands of years ago. That's gone. The uh, Medes and the Persians defeated that. And so that's gone. But some people will say, oh no, the lion, the lion is, is the Babylonian Empire. Nope, because these nations, nations will be in power at the time of when Jesus Christ comes to establish His kingdom, and we crown Him King of kings and Lord of lords. So it's at this time 
when the 1,000-year millennial reign begins uh, of Jesus Christ. That, that's, that's when that will begin. This is what Scripture refers to as the kingdom of God. In Daniel 7, 11, Daniel backs up to explain what will occur immediately before the kingdom of God is established. He said, I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, the horns, the Antichrist. He said, I beheld even till the beast or the Antichrist was slain and his body was destroyed and given to the burning flame. So that happens at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. What's the little horn symbolized? Well, the, the, the last beast identified in Daniel 7, 7 had 10 horns. Daniel 7, 24 tells us that these horns represent 10 kings. Out of these 10 kings is going to arise up uh, another. He's going to uproot three of them and become very great. That great horn will become the Antichrist. And we know from these scriptures the three uprooted horns represent three kings. So we also know from Daniel 7, 11, there is one beast, one kingdom, but ten kings who are apparently in alliance with this kingdom. Now this is symbolic of the, the uh, European Union. I'm not sure I'll get all the way down there today, but that's a, this is symbolic of the current European Union, the EU, the reborn Holy Roman Empire. So, one king uh, rises up after the, the ten, he uproot, or out of the ten, uproots three, and then becomes great and rules the entire world until Jesus Christ comes. This is the Antichrist. It's telling you this, time, this is the, our time right now. Other scriptures from the Bible tells us the Antichrist will rule the entire world until Jesus comes. Well, much of it is when you get over in the book of Revelation. That's what I'm saying. If you don't understand these prophecies, you're going to be stuck when you get over there. Daniel 7, 11 is a prophecy about the Antichrist. I beheld then because the voice um, of the great words which the horns, horn the, or the Antichrist spoke, I beheld even till the beast himself uh, and his kingdom was slain. Now Daniel said, I watched and I heard the words that the horn spake, the Antichrist spake. I beheld even until the beast, the Antichrist, was slain, his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. The Bible teaches us when Jesus Christ comes, the Antichrist and his religious partner, who will be the false prophet at that time, whoever the Pope is at that time will be the false prophet, that they're both going to be cast alive into the lake of fire. You say, but that doesn't say it right here in Daniel 7 day. Well, we're going to get over to Revelation 19 where it does. You've got to tie all these prophecies in together to understand this. And it's also at that time that Satan is going to be bound for a thousand years in the bottomless pit. So this is what Daniel 7, 11 is referring to. Now, when we come back from the break, we're going to jump over to Revelation 19, and I'll give you another account of this exact same prophecy that talks about the Antichrist and the false prophet because they're, we're going to give you the big picture of all of this to help you understand it. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. 
This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME. Or go to endtime.com. So we're talking about here is uh, Daniel chapter 7. The Bible says when Jesus Christ comes, when the Ancient of Days comes, that the beast, the Antichrist, will be cast into the lake of fire. There's another account of that in Revelation 19.20. If you understand the timing of everything in Revelation 19.20, it's right here at the Battle of Armageddon when the Lord comes back to fight on behalf of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. Revelation 19.20 gives a the New Testament account of this same prophecy. It says, And the beast was taken. So the Antichrist... And with him the false prophet, which is his religious partner, whoever the Pope is at that time, that there will be a, there's going to be a political leader and a spiritual leader. These scriptures reveal both of these leaders will be cast alive into the lake of fire. This is Revelation 19.20, burning with brimstone. Now, these events described in these scriptures, they're referring to the time when Jesus Christ comes back, destroys the Antichrist. This is at the Battle of Armageddon right here at the end of Revelation 19. And it's also in Daniel 7 is when the Bible says that these nations will exist at the time when Jesus Christ comes back, fights on behalf of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon, and establishes His kingdom here for 1,000 years. So you understand the timing of all of this. It can't be Babylon, the Medes and the Persians, the Grecians, and the Roman empires, those original empires. It can't be them. This has got to be nations that are on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, this prophecy in Daniel 7, it continues, I think we're down to what, verse 12 now. It explains, it says, and as concerning the rest of the beast, the rest of the beast are the rest of the kingdoms or nations. And the latter part of Daniel 7, 12 says, They had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time into the 1,000-year millennial reign. So the, the other kingdoms or nations that have their dominion taken away, when the Antichrist is destroyed, but they will not be destroyed along with the Antichrist. And the timing of these events, it correlates to the end of human government and the beginning of the kingdom of God. 
The Bible explains humanity will continue on the earth for another 1,000 years after the Antichrist is destroyed. As mortal human beings, you say, well, who is that? It will, that'll be a, a question that we'll answer on another segment because there's no way I'll have time to get through this today if we continue on. There will be mortals. Not everybody will be allowed to continue in, but there will be some mortals uh, that live into the millennial reign. We, as Christians who are born again and have been raptured, we will rule over those mortals in God's kingdom as kings and priests with Him for that thousand-year millennial reign. So the nations whose power has been removed, the dominion taken away, they'll have their lives prolonged into that millennial reign. Now, this is significant because it reveals to us that Jesus Christ will return during the lifetime of these nations. Now, if you tie all this in with all the other prophecies, the world government, world religion, the mark of the beast, the World War III, the Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement, all the different things that are happening right now and converging at the same time, then you know we are in fact the generation that will see the second coming of Jesus Christ. Okay? It's very important we understand these things. If you do not understand this, from Daniel 7 all the way into Revelation 13, and these diff- what it all symbolizes, you're going to be absolutely stuck when you're trying to figure out much of the book of Revelation. Now, um, so that's, this is the salient issue here, right? If all of these beasts are on the earth at the second coming of Jesus Christ, that's what this is telling us, if the Antichrist is destroyed at the second coming, that's the fourth beast, and the, the other beasts are allowed to live into the millennium, then that tells us then that all of these nations are going to be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And this is very important when you're trying to figure out the timelines and all of these different things. When is this stuff going to occur? How close are we? Once you put all this big timeline together, then you can know that what's next on God's timeline. And this is where it starts to get really exciting for a prophecy teacher. Because if we can prove that all of these nations are on the earth right now, then we can prove that we are in the era. And Well, all of these nations are on the earth right now, plus all the other prophecies are happening right now. Then we can prove that we are, in fact, in the era of the second coming. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. One of the things that I think is, all, is all, very important is that these nations are symbolized in Daniel 7 they can't be historic nations. They can't be nations that, are, um, that lived 3,000 to 4,000 years ago. There's a lot of people that teach that, but that's incorrect, and you're going to miss so much in the book of Revelation if you don't get that foundation right. If you get your foundation wrong, then everything you put on top of it's off, right? It's like building a house. But once you get that foundation square and level, and it's lined up with the cornerstone, everything you put on top of that, your windows, your roof, your doors, everything's level. Everything's right. And so these nations that we're talking about, they have to be in existence on the earth at the same time when Jesus returns. So the timing of all of this, it depends on when those nations or beasts exist. The question that we really allow, uh, that really allows us to understand if we're living in the age is, can we identify these nations and who are they? Well, again... Some people teach that they are the ancient empires. The, the, again, the lion's Babylon, uh, the bear's media Persia, the leopard is Greece, and the ten-horned kingdom is Rome. However, there is an inconsistency with that theory. 
there, uh, uh, there's a scripture that makes it plain. If you go to Daniel chapter 8, it reveals a ram fighting with a he goat. Daniel 8 verse 20 through 21 says, The ram which thou sawest having two horns are the kings of Media and Persia. And the rough goat is the king of Grisha. Now, the, the, this clarification, this clarification, it contradicts that theory. Because there's another discrepancy is found when you consider that the kingdoms of Babylon, Media, Persia, they no longer even exist. And that creates a problem since the prophecy says the beast of Daniel 7 represent nations who will be in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Read Daniel 7. When the Ancient of Days comes and casts the beast into the, into the lake of fire. It's Daniel 19.20 in the Old Testament. When does Daniel 19.20 occur? At the time of the Battle of Armageddon. When Jesus Christ comes to establish His kingdom here on the earth. Now, once you realize that, then you can say, well, we can prove that these nations are here now. And we know for certain that we are living in the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. This, along with all the other prophecies that have already come to pass and that are happening right now. It's overwhelming proof. And that's exactly what we're going to do right now. So, the next question we have to ask, what nations do these beasts symbolize? You know, when God decided to choose these symbols to represent nations, He didn't just pick some random uh, something indiscriminately, some nation you've never heard of, right? Let's pick five or four or five nations you've never heard of before. God didn't do that. He said, I want you guys who are studying and you're yearning to know my prophecies and to understand this stuff and to instruct others. See, I don't, I'm not trying to learn this stuff just so I can say, well, I can beat somebody in a debate and all that. I don't care about that kind of stuff. All I'm trying to learn it for is so I can help people prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And to let you know, hey, we're just, we're almost there. There's got to be a sense of urgency in you. And I can't, I got to get myself ready and everybody else I can get my hands on. So he wanted us to know these things very specifically. So he chose symbols that would have great relevance at the time of the fulfillment and that we could recognize so there would be no mistakes. I'm talking about the most prominent nations on the planet at the time of their fulfillment. Now listen at this. Daniel 7, 4. The first was like a lion. It had eagle's wings, and I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked. It was lifted up from a, the earth and, a, and made stand upon a feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. What in the world does that mean? Well, they're modern nations. So, if you look at this, we've compiled, I've got so many articles that can prove this. But, there's a headline. If you, you might be able to even look these up still. The headline of the editorial page Back in the Indianapolis Star, January 4th, 1980, it read, After the British Lion, the Russian Bear. Yes, there is a nation in existence today whose recognized animal symbol is the lion, and it's the nation of Great Britain. The lion has been symbolized on Great Britain's flags. Uh, Webster's Third New International Dictionary defines the lion as the symbol of Great Britain. It's the most prominent nation on the planet with the symbol of a lion. Uh, Great Britain has also been frequently referred to as the lion in hundreds of news articles and political. The old, those old um, 
satire political cartoons back at World War I where they would have uh, Great Britain, a lion standing there and a British flag drooped around him and he's looking over pensively over Europe. What's going to happen? They, they, everybody knew the lion was Great Britain. The headlines of the Telegraph on January 3rd, 2014. The, the title of the article, The Lion Roars but does not inspire fear. Argentina tells um, Britain. And then on, the, on March 17, 2014, the British lion roars over Libya. Is this the great return of Great Britain as a world power? Everybody knows the most prominent nation with a lion symbol is Great Britain. There was another article that appeared um, back in the Telegraph in June of 2020. The title of the article, Boris Johnson is freeing the British lion from its cage so the world can see it roar. So this, along with hundreds of other articles, folks, satire cartoons, World War stuff, uh, pictures, this information provides substantial evidence to support the belief Great Britain, the lion, will be one of the ruling nations at the time of Jesus Christ when he comes a second time, right? Daniel 7, 5 says, I beheld another beast, a, like, a second one like unto a bear. And it was raised up on uh, the, it raised up uh, itself on one side, had three ribs between its teeth, and they said thus, arise and devour much flesh. Well, most everyone gets this. I just did it down in Vider, Texas this last weekend. Uh, who, you know, who's the Russian bear? Uh, I'm sorry, who's the modern day nation of Russia? And the whole crowd was like, uh, who's the modern nation of the bear? Everybody said Russia. Almost everybody gets it. It's commonly associated, Russia's commonly associated with the bear. This animal symbol in, in major publications, Time Magazine, Newsweek, The Economist, I mean, look up the Russian bear. There's hundreds of articles throughout history on it. So two of the beasts are clearly told, there are two world powers today, Great Britain and Russia. The Russian bears in the news every day. Well, what about the United States? I mean, we're a world power, aren't we? We're the most powerful nation on the planet. Now, our military is the most powerful on the planet. I wouldn't say that our administration would be considered the most powerful administration, but our military is the most powerful on the world in the world. You just need a right leader, right? So and that's the thing, a lot of people are, you know, they're kind of, they don't even really care to, to, um, to, you know, salute the flag or to say that a pledge allegiance to the flag anymore because, ah, that's the flag of the United States. They're not real powerful. I'm very proud of the flag. That's why I have the flag behind me today. That's why I have a flag hanging in my office. I'm still proud of the United States of America, and I'm still proud of our flag. We need some different leadership, but still, the people have bled and died for that flag. And I'm very proud to be waving that flag today. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. 
You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. You know, everyone, it, it, it's very important that I say that. I'm still proud of our flag. Many people will celebrate July 4th uh, tomorrow, and we just came out of Pride Month. And one of, the, one of the worst travesties I've seen in the White House ever was when the, they lit it up with the rainbow flag, with the rainbow colors. And Joe Biden did that again when he had that big celebration the other day of the LGBTQIA plus community. He lit up one of the main hallways in the White House with, of rainbow colors. And he actually hung the rainbow flag at the same level of the United States flag. That's totally breaking our United States of America, the flag protocol. No flag is supposed to fly level. Everything is supposed to be below the flag of the United States of America. But yet, they had the rainbow flag at the same level. It's like they don't even care about our country anymore. I mean, some things absolutely still matter. And like I say, look at all of our men and women that have died, shed their blood, because they believed in a cause. And the good old flag, the United States of America, is a symbol of that cause. And to be irreverent to that is just a, it's a travesty in America. We should never let that happen. But again, like I said, um, may have to replace the leadership at some point. I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, uh, whatever, independent. I'm a Christian. And I still love the United States, and I love our flag, and I want to respect it. So I want to say thank you this day before July 4th in 2023 to everybody who has ever, every soldier who has ever fought, died, shed your blood. Thank you. Thank you to your family for your sacrifice. And because you have, you, you are why I'm allowed to sit here behind a desk in a television studio and speak to you today freely. It's because of you guys. It's not because of me. And I'm very thank you, thank you, thank you very much every day for your service. The men in blue, everybody who's ever served to protect our rights. And this old flag still means something to me. That's why I have one hanging in my office because uh, it's just very, very important. And we're just letting things go away that, man, we should be reverent about. And uh, our military and people um, just serving time to protect our rights and to protect this American experience and American project. It's still very important to a lot of us today. And I know many of you share the same feelings that I do. So I say God bless America and God bless, God bless this country. And we are a blessed people. But um, there are those that would like to do away with the nation state. And I'm watching it happen and I say God help us all. Uh, because... And I understand the prophecies of the Bible. I understand the United States and Bible prophecy and uh, its role in the very near future. But we're going to have to go through some rough times to get there. So there's got to be a great shaking and a great awakening. And uh, it may be coming very soon. So what about the United States? Well, we're a world power, right? I mean, are, are we one of the beasts? 
Well, so many people have said the United States is missing, is the missing element in Scripture. Oh, what a mistake. So many prophecy books and DVDs and things that I've been sent, people trying to say, Dave, the United States, that's not in the Bible. And, however, it's not true, folks. We've looked at the lion, Great Britain. We've looked at the bear today, the Russia. But there's something about the lion that I did not talk about a while ago. The lion has eagle's wings. There just happens to be a major nation on the earth right now whose symbol is the eagle. And remember, these are nations now. So, in history, in the history of humanity, when have you ever known a nation with the symbol of a lion that had the nation with the symbol of an eagle that was plucked out of the nation with the symbol of a lion and a man's heart was given to it and it was made stand upon a feet as a man. In history, there's never been another time when that was the case. So, it's pretty easy to see, right? It's one of the most recognizable prophecies that a lot of people just simply don't understand. Daniel 7.4 states, The eagle's wings were plucked from the lion. John is seeing this in Babylonian captivity 2,500 years ago. And he said these nations would be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And he said there's going to be a nation that has a symbol of a lion. And it had another nation where that had the, it was symbolized by an eagle and it was going to be plucked out of the lion. The eagle symbolizes the United States of America, folks. It's our national bird. The reverse side of, the, of the, our $1 bill. It pictures the eagle as our national seal. So this is so supernatural. And I'm telling you, if you want to understand Bible prophecy, you've got to get this modern nation's lesson down. Because you can't understand about the world government and all these other things over in Revelation uh, chapter 13. It's impossible to understand what that is. So it's very supernatural. I mean, this is one of the most supernatural things in the entire Bible. The Bible says the eagle's wings were growing out of the lion and they were plucked from the lion. Do you remember where the United States came from? I mean, come on. Great Britain is our mother country. The United States was not born until 1776 A.D. The prophecy was written 2,500 years ago, back in, what, 550 B.C., So God showed Daniel a prophecy that he never understood. He died not understanding it. He couldn't. The nations weren't here yet. He reserved it for you and me to understand. He showed Daniel a lion with eagle's wings coming out, and he actually saw America coming out of our mother country, Great Britain. And then in the vision, Daniel said, I'll be held till the wings are ever plucked. He saw the breaking away of the eagle's wings from the lion. And you know, it's just absolutely incredible that Daniel actually saw the Declaration of Independence that we will sign tomorrow, or I'm sorry, that we will celebrate tomorrow. He saw it 2,300 years before it happened. How in the world did he know that there was going to be nations in the future symbolized by a lion and an eagle, and that the eagle nation would be plucked out of the lion nation. How did he see that? Because God gave these visions to him. The United States was birthed 
from Great Britain. And 2,300 years after the scripture was written, America declared her independence from Great Britain. We're going to celebrate that tomorrow. Another symbol commonly associated with the United States of America is the symbol of a man, Uncle Sam. Picture Uncle Sam in your mind, everybody. Daniel 7, 4 says, I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and, and made uh, stand upon a feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. So you guys all know the, 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 the man. It's Uncle Sam. If you go to um, the uh, Britannic Encyclopedia, it actually says Uncle Sam, a popular symbol for the United States, usually associated with this cartoon-looking figure that has long hair with a chin whiskers, and he's dressed in this swallow-tailed coat, vest and a tail and a hat, and it's striped trousers, and he's got stars and blue stripes and everything all over it, and red stripes. So hundreds of articles use Uncle Sam to signify the United States. On uh, Back in September of 2015, the Middle East Monitor published an article, Syria, between Uncle Sam and the Russian bear. Didn't use the eagle, but we know the eagle's a symbol. But the Bible says this particular nation in Daniel 7 would, have, would be symbolic of the eagle's wings, but also as a man. Now here we have an article in 2015, Syria, between Uncle Sam and the Russian bear. Who's this talking about when it says Uncle Sam? You guys all know it's talking about the United States of America. The, the Beirut Today published an article. This was in July of 2021. Uncle Sam versus Cuba, America's hot and cold war. These are not prophecy books. These are not prophecy writers. But they're using these symbols that God gave to Daniel 2,500 plus years ago. The correlations between these symbols from Daniel and these nations seem obvious to us now, don't they? I mean, come on. You guys, you guys are smarter than that. I know you are. You're a very educated group because I get the questions that you send me. The Lord told Daniel the understanding of the prophecies was for the people of the time of the end. If these prophecies are, in fact, legitimate correlations, then it appears to be very evident that Jesus Christ will return to the earth in the era of these nations. Great Britain... Russia, the United States of America. Now, I don't have much time left today, but you guys know um, the, the answer to the question. What about the leopard as well? Daniel 7, 6 says, um, After this I beheld and lo, another one that was like a leopard. He had uh, on the back of it four wings of a fowl, and the beast had four heads. So it's a four-headed leopard in Daniel 7. Dominion was given to it. I just read an article the other day about the, um, how Germany is by far the most dominant uh, economic uh, country in Europe. And it is by far the most powerful. Everything really revolves around Germany, period. Everybody wants to know, when, when Greece was going to go bankrupt several years ago, they went to Germany for a loan. I mean, Germany holds the purse strings of Europe. Germany is by far the most dominant. And the Bible says dominion was given to the leopard. And there are many ways to prove that the leopard is in fact um, Germany. When you go, the United States has the eagle, uh, the eagle fighter in the military. Russia has the uh, Tu-95 bear bomber, which I just read, the, uh, what, a few weeks ago where they were coming over near, they've done it several times. 
they've came over into near Alaska, up by the Russian border. And then um, they have the TU-95 bear, Russia. And then Germany has the uh, leopard tank, the leopard, connected with Germany. And so there are many ways to prove that. And so uh, I just wanted you to understand today. I know we're getting ready. Man, my time has went and gone so fast. But uh, it brings us to, there was a fourth beast, the beast that had ten horns. Again, I won't have time to go through it all, but the beast with ten horns is going to be the revived Holy Roman Empire. The ten horns is the exact same thing as the ten ten toes in Daniel 2. And they are, they symbolize ten kings. The, the final beast with the ten horns is symbolic of the reborn Holy Roman Empire or the current European Union that's being established. And so you have the um, United States, Great Britain, Germany, Russia, and the entire European Union. When you go to Daniel, uh, Revelation 13, all of those nations are depicted again. This Euro, a, a federalization of nations from Europe, every one of them are European except the United States. That's the world governing body. The United States is not mentioned there. You jump back one chapter to Revelation chapter 12, 14, and Israel is carried away on the wings of a great eagle when she is nursed in her place for time, times, and half a time. The eagle in end-time Bible prophecy is, in fact, the United States of America. We're going to stand with Israel against the world government all the way to the end, which is very, very important we understand that. We could suffer some losses in World War III, But we're going to be here to help protect Israel all the way to the very end. It's great news, even though uh, we've got some tumultuous times between now and then. And God help us all to be led by His Spirit, to be compassionate upon the lost. And I say God bless America right here before July 4th. Let's pray for our country because we need true leadership in this country right now. God bless each and every one of you.